leadership, potentially a shapeless concept, government, perceived as overwhelmingly large. Put the two together, government leadership, and you can distill it down to big and cold. Interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm? Maybe that would look like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods. We see them walking their dogs, shopping in our grocery store, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from the little league sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems, and generating opportunities. Now let's get to know them and know what motivates them, what nourishes them, what inspires them. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Delegal, and this is Pack and Chat, 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. Welcome to Episode 3. With me in the studio today is Ralph Thomas, elected County Commissioner from Wakulla County, Florida. Welcome Commissioner Thomas to the studio. Thank you, Ginger. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you in the studio today. It's a little cold and rainy outside, a good southeastern winter day for us. So tell me, Commissioner Thomas, a little bit about your Florida story. How did you get to Florida? Well. My family started in Florida in 1825, 20 years before statehood, making me a, a ninth generation Floridian. Um, I, I actually, even though I, I do claim I'm a Floridian, I was not born in Florida. Back in the, the 60s, my, my parents, like a lot of folks, were, were seeking work, and they left Florida, left Wakulla County, and went to New Orleans. My dad learned a trade as a welder, and worked for the shipyard, Avondale Shipyard out in, in New Orleans. And me and my brother were born just a couple years they were out there. We were born there and then, then came back home to Wakulla. Very good. So what do you do in life outside being a county commissioner? Well, I, I have a, my, my wife, Cynthia. We've been married um, over 30 years. I think we're at 33 years now. I probably should do the math and let you edit this this back out, <laughs> but um, let's see. Uh, I have three children, and all three are are now grown. The youngest is is eighteen, then and, and um, two grandchildren, and so definitely spend time and with my family. Love them all very much. We, my wife and I, for twenty years now, have worked together in the mortgage industry. So we're we're literally together. Just about, you know, 24 hours a day. We work together and live together and, and um, help each other out with that. We've been, we've been very blessed with that. We've worked for the same company for almost the full 20 years. We'll, we'll hit 20 years this, this year come August. So we help a lot of people in the community and across the state of Florida. You know, we know that, that home ownership is, is generally the American dream and the number one goal of, of most families. And so we're a part of that and, and we, we enjoy that. We enjoy helping people. Well, I'm sure that allows you to get to know people in your community really, really well. Definitely, definitely. To the point that my wife 
usually doesn't like to go to Walmart with me because we cannot just get in and out between between our mortgage business and dealing with the important role of, of county government and dealing with issues that everyone has. It's it's difficult to just get in and out. So what's business been like in the COVID era for you? Well, it's, it's really kind of hard to wrap your brain around it, but um, obviously, part of the stimulating the economy has been lowering of interest rates and so that has made our business busier than we've ever been 2020 was was by far the the best year that we've ever had in 20 years and and a lot of that is is helping people refinance which you know when you can when you can drop someone's interest rate in half and do it fairly quickly, that translates into stimulating the economy because that's money right back in their pocket. And so it's, um, you know, it's been like picking low-hanging fruit. There's a lot of people that, that need it, a lot of people that you can help. And so um, we're just working as hard as we can, you know, sometimes seven days a week just to make sure that we're serving our clients. Very good. Well, it sounds like service is certainly a theme of your life. So... What made you seek sort of the voluntary service of running for county commission? Well, um, let's see. So I was elected in 2012, probably about 2010. I started getting very involved in the Chamber of Commerce, and it was really through through our business. People in the community reached out, and, you know, at, at that point, we'd We'd been in business 10 years or so and, and, you know, had an impact in the community already. And I joined the Chamber of Commerce, and our chamber formed a government and commerce committee. We never had one before, very first time, and they asked me to chair it. And I said, well, what does that entail? We want you to go to the county commission meetings. We want you to write down the things they do, the votes they take, and report back to the chamber with an analysis of how you think it's going to affect our members, our chamber members. What, is, what are these decisions going to do to the business community? And so that's what I did. And when there was a, a regulation that I thought was going to hurt business or a tax increase that I thought was going to hurt business or, you know, things that were would be favorable to business, I would kind of summarize that and I'd, I'd bring it back to the community. Not um, too long after that, we had a we had a little monthly periodical, uh, you know, the Wakulla Area Times, it was called, and the editor of that, he approached me and he says, "Hey, he was on the chamber with me. He says you need a monthly article. The chamber needs to hear this, but the the population needs to hear this as well." So I took that same information and that same report, and I basically wrote it into a monthly article for about about a year or so, and I would just summarize it. And, and my goal was to be fair, to be honest, but to tell the truth and put my analysis on it. This is what I think this decision is going to do to you in the community as individuals and, and as the business. And um, it was a hit, you know, and it kind of... People, people enjoyed that, and sometimes there was some stepping on the toes. Sometimes there was bragging about things that, that I thought the commission did well. And so, um, you know, my, my granny used to say, tell it like it is, and that's what I did. I told it like it was, and, and I defended it. I, um, I started getting a reputation of doing my homework, doing my research, and people understood that whether they agreed with me or not on a subject, I'm coming prepared. I'm coming armed for the, the conversation. 
And so it wasn't long after that that I was at a county commission meeting and there was an issue that we had been working, the chamber had been working with the with the commissioners and we thought we had the votes, we thought we had it pinned down and and one of the commissioners saw the size of the crowd and there was a little controversy and kind of changed positions during the meeting. And he was my commissioner, my, my district, he was the incumbent at the time. And it was it was kind of frustrating to me, and he knew that. And he came out during a break, and he said, I can see you're not happy. And I said, no, I'm not. I think this is bad for our county. I thought we had it all figured out. I thought we had it worked out. And, you know, I think you let the crowd pressure you instead of looking out what's best for the county. And at the time, he says, well, you know, if you're not happy, you could always sue the county. And I said, well, wait a minute. The county, that's my aunts, my uncles. My cousins, my grandparents, you know, the people I went to school with, why would I sue them? They did nothing here tonight. I said, no, I think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace you when you come up for re-election. And he, he chuckled at me, and I never thought about it, never wanted to be a politician. Who does? Who, who grows up wanting to be a politician? And I went home that night, and I told my wife, hey, I'm running for county commission. <laughs> we never discussed it. And she said, hey, honey, I'm home. <laughs> yeah. She said, what in the world are you talking about? What happened? And I told her. And, you know, I spent 12 years in the Navy. She followed me all around the world. And she said, um, if you're in, I'm in. She says, let's do it. And she supported me. And here we are. I'm now on my third term. All right. So... You know, as a county commissioner and, you know, knowing Wakala, I mean, you've you've helped your community and put them on your shoulders through hurricanes and oil spills and um, lots of other controversial issues, not the least of which this year obviously has been COVID and how to keep your community safe. But so why did you go? Why did you seek reelection? Well, you know, it, it's a big sacrifice, and the folks that I'm talking to, they all know all the, already. We all have different challenges in our county, but but we understand it's a big sacrifice. But for for me, it's um it's just become part of who I am, and and I realize that um, I do speak for a lot of people in our community, and I do realize that they appreciate it, and and even on issues where I disagree with some. You know, I think the vast majority know that my heart is with Wakala County. My heart is, let's figure this out. Let's do what's best for our county. And so, um, you know, had I not been reelected the first time, I think I'd have been perfectly fine. I think I would have been happy. You know, my my wife kind of described it like this, that uh, this is my first reelection in 2016. She said, you know, if you win... The county wins and if you lose your family wins and so there's really no no way to lose this situation and we realize that it is a sacrifice to the family we realize that i did get reelected, so i've continued that sacrifice with the family but we all see it as something that is is part of our sacrifice and part of something that's that's worth sacrificing for worth fighting for and worth making a difference so let's talk about that sacrifice just a little bit. It, 
You all at the local level, I often refer to you as overachievers. You all are outstanding in community service. You're outstanding in your families. You're outstanding in your business life. No matter which aspect of your life, people, they all look to you as leaders. And that can be a big burden also to bear. And then you combine that with you know, being in public meetings and Florida being a very strong sunshine state and open government, that there's a lot of criticism, not all of it civil in nature that can be thrown at you. So from a big picture perspective, how do you how do you balance all of that? What keeps you going when there's there is a lot of criticism that gets thrown at you and you're carrying the burden of your community on your shoulders? What keeps you going forward? Uh, I think the moral compass and knowing what's right and wrong and knowing why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I also recognize that when someone is mad about an issue, upset, you know, their their anger is real. It might be based on bad information. It might be based on they might be confused that they think this is what the subject's about. And, and, and you know, there's always a challenge that I might be able to sit down with this person and explain it to them. And at the end of the process, a lot of times they come around. A lot of times they say, well, I didn't know that, or that's not what was explained to me, or I'm glad you gave me more information. There's there's times where there's nothing you can do, and and you're you're not going to to change their mind at all, and that's okay. And you know I, I like to use a line that I tell people, hey, I'm not mad at you because you don't you don't agree with me. I'm not mad at you because you threw out an accusation of something that you happened. Because, you know, even if it's not true, if you say something that's untrue about me and you're not prepared to defend it and you can't defend it and you can't prove it, well, that really speaks to the character of both of us. And so I don't have to beat that person up. I don't have to be mad at that person. I just move on and I let my my fruit be obvious to to those who want to see the truth. Um, I do think that you always have to engage. You always have to be accessible. Uh, a lot of times you have to be accessible probably more so to your the people that are opposed to what you're doing than the people that support you. There are many people that says, Ralph, if you're in, I'm in. Tell me how I can help you. But there are other people that you have to try to win them over and you have to try to change their mind. And so it takes that investment. I think um, there is not a person in my county that I dislike to the point that I won't sit down and meet with them, hopefully have a glass of tea. Let's have a nice conversation. Let's find, I, I try to find something in common when, when we're starting with a tough situation. I try to say, okay, let's break this down to simple levels here. Let's find something we can agree on. Because if we can't agree on, agree on anything, we're probably not going to make any progress. But if we can find a bedrock part of whatever that issue is that we can agree on, maybe we can build out from there. And so I, um, I, my number is always out there. My email's out there. I prefer to meet with people face-to-face, always offer that if they want to. A lot of times people just simply want to be heard, and they want to know that their opinion matters. Even if you don't take it, even if at the end of the process, I say, hey, thank you. I didn't think about that perspective. I may agree with them or not, but I took the time that their that their opinion was important. And so being, being able to do that, that commitment to, to press on and to know that, you know, um, 
I don't consider myself a leader in the community. I consider myself a servant in the community. And knowing that I serve all of them, and sometimes I have the support and sometimes I don't, but I'm still going to make decisions that affect them. And so their opinion is important. So digging a little deeper, particularly on the, the servant side of, of representing your community and, and speaking on their behalf and then tying that back to your family and to your business, are there, are there rituals each day that sort of connect the dots for you in all of those different parts of life? Is there an exercise routine that, you know, keeps you focused? Is there, you know, for, for, for some of your fellow commissioners, it's, you know, nutrition that they just, that's what they focus on and it keeps them energized and it keeps their bodies clean and moving forward. Their faith items and pieces of our lives that other commissioners turn to. So what what is it that helps you personally hold all of that and and continue to do what you do as a servant? Yeah, that's a good good question. And not sure I have a just a rigid routine, but I do have a, a pretty much a kind of a pattern. Um, probably my years in the navy kind of trained me not to sleep a lot <laughs> and and uh, my wife does not like that but i'm you know i'm i'm up most mornings 4 30 5 o'clock possibly if i if i can possibly sleep to 6 or 6 30 she's much happier and uh, <laughs> that's a good day but i do enjoy getting up early and easing into the day i see some people they wake up and they're almost late as soon as they wake up and they're running out the door and grabbing everything. I don't I don't like that. I like to ease into I, my day. I call that beat the clock syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Maz, that's a that's a good point. I, I it's probably been years since I've even set an alarm clock. Doesn't matter if I've got an appointment uh, an, an important appointment the next morning because I'm just going to be up. I just I just know it doesn't matter. I can stay up till midnight, one o'clock. I'm going to still be up early. So I, I do like to get up and just kind of ease into the day. <laughs> Have a cup of coffee. Um, you know, I like to just kind of uh, read a little bit. I'll check the news. Um, you know, uh, prayers are a big part of, of my day just to kind of think back through uh, friends and family that are struggling and, and kind of kind of put that in the forefront. Um, but really just I, I might start working uh, at 4.30 in the morning, I start might start reading, uh, returning emails and, and looking at agendas, working as a, a commissioner and also having a full-time job. It's, it's always a juggling, you know. And so generally, as soon as my eyes pop open, I think, okay, well, this is what was left undone yesterday. This is an issue that's at critical mass. This is a client that I need to, to get to closing so they, they have their home uh, on time. And so there's always something. So generally, I'll start easing into that. In those first few hours of the day, you can kind of do things uninterrupted. And generally, once eight o'clock comes around, it's like you're um, you're at home plate, and there's about ten pitchers on the field, and everyone's pitching all at the same time, and you're trying to hit as many of those balls as you can. So I like that those first few hours of the day where I can focus if I want to focus on one subject and then move on. It just kind of starts that day easy. I totally understand the, the, 
the stillness of the morning and being able to spend that quiet time, however you choose to spend it in the mornings. I know that's one of, I love my children, and I love having the the nest full when they're all at home, but having our third daughter be a college freshman this year has allowed me to get back to that quiet space in the morning. And I also get up at about 5 a.m. and the only thing on my agenda at that point is make a cup of coffee and I make coffee and I sit down in the living room um, and then the day just starts to unfold in in a quiet in a quiet way and that has made a huge difference for me I know just even in the last several months so I'm all with you on the the early morning routine so last question is there anything that you carry with you, whether it's a memory or I know some of us carry photographs or letters from a loved one or a favorite quote or Bible verse or um, a book even. But is there anything that you that you carry with you in your heart, in your mind or physically every day? Yeah, um, definitely. I, I, I would say. The first thing is is just family. Um, was blessed to grow up with a very strong family, very good role models. Um, kind of a kind of a diverse family, you know. My my mother raised us in the church, raised us in community. Very sweet, mild mannered lady to this to this day. Everyone just loves her. My dad, I'm not even sure how they um, came together, considering they were complete opposite personalities. And he was kind of a rough and rowdy, kind of a tough guy, kind of taught us to, to be strong, to stand up. Uh, i never forget, he always said, if you see a good fight, get in it. All my friends, their parents told them, hey, avoid fights, avoid trouble. But, but his point was to figure out what's right and wrong and get on the right side of the fight. And, and, you know, and that's a lot of what we do as county commissioners is every day we're in some sort of fight between groups and we've got to figure out what the right side of that fight is. And so that's kind of that's kind of carried with me. That's not it's not physical. That's that's mental, which is a lot tougher sometimes to to get through those personalities and, and see all sides of an issue and now figure out how you're going to choose a side and choose a side not for your own benefit, for the, but for the benefit of your community and make a decision on that. Um, giving that, that, that conflict, that fight that we deal with, after, during my first term, I had a pastor, Pastor Lewis Pollard, and uh, he's moved on. He's now not, no longer in Florida, but I think about him constantly because he was kind of instrumental in my early years as a county commissioner and I, I remember going to him uh, and I would, I would bounce issues off of him um, you know I, I've always had the mindset that if I can if I can do the things I learned in Sunday school the things my mother and my grandmother taught me then um, I'll probably be in pretty shape pretty good shape for most of my life and so with that mindset I would I would also bounce it past him and just to get his perspective, you know, from the people. And I, I remember asking him one time, you know, I keep finding myself in the middle of these battles, in the middle of these fights. Why well, am I supposed to be a warrior? Why am I constantly in the middle of these things? And he says, have you ever thought about that you're not supposed to be a warrior, you're supposed to be a peacemaker. 
you're in the middle of those battles so you can figure out how to get out of them and how to bring peace to the situation. And and I'll, I'll admit I was thinking about it from the opposite perspective, but that's that made an impression on me that that's that's the goal. And there are some times where you got to go through that battle to get to the peace, but peace should be the goal. And so, you know, I, I carry and and not just those three examples that I gave you, but a lot of good people that had a tremendous impact on my life and and made a difference. And and I carry that. I carry that message every day that I learn from these folks. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. So through your sharing, all of your fellow county commissioners who have elected you um, very soon to be their president coming in June, we'll get to know a little bit more about you today. So Commissioner Thomas, thank you so much for being here. And for all of you out there, thank you for listening today to Pack and Chat. And next up will be Commissioner Lee Constantine from Seminole County. So until then. 